and welcome to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series where we take a look at a pressing news story or issue that could impact the HR agenda. This week, myself, Dan Cave, Head of Content at Executive Grapevine Digital Media, will be stepping in for your usual brilliant podcast host, Sophie Parrott, and I'll be joined by Kieran Howells, Deputy Editor across the Grapevine brands as we pick apart a pressing story. So, Kieran, how are you doing, mate? And give us a sense of what kind of HR and businessy things you've been looking at recently as you cover the sector. Hello, Dan. Yeah, what have I been covering? Well, this week we've covered the interesting, really interesting news about the prospect of people maybe getting a default right to work from home. Really interesting thing that the government is apparently looking into. And Facebook recently, an executive, uh, has slammed like meaningless mental health policies, which I think is actually going to dovetail a little bit with what we're talking about today. And then, of course, talking about the main subject of the day, I have been eagerly looking for updates in the Brewdog case. Really strange and quite revelatory case that uh, we covered last week. Yes, in fact, Kieran, that is quite a nice segue into today's main helping, which is, of course, about the Brewdog Furore, which many in HR and indeed the wider business world will have been looking at with keen eyes, either anxiously hoping that the same doesn't happen to their firm or to kind of take some maybe glee in the downfall of a company who tried to paint themselves as potentially more ethical than Mother Teresa in some parts. So to recap, just before we take our HR analysis hats to it and unpick the pieces that HR should be looking at, I will get into exactly what has been happening at BrewDog over the past week or so. So you might know this, you might not. So I'll try and run through it very, very, very quickly. BrewDog, of course, are the plucky upstart brewer, except they're not anymore. They're a bit more corporate than their roots were. But They made a lot of noise over the past few years because as they evolved from this craft beer seller and brewer into a big corporate monolith, they started to brand themselves in a very, say, quote unquote, woke way. They had lots of carbon negative policies, or apparently so. They did lots of self-generated PR around their well-being staff for perks and how much they cared for perks. In fact, there's a people-centric charter on their corporate sites. And they were always positioning themselves as this kind of chipper upstart outsider who profits were donated back to staff and they were donated to charities too. However, apparently, all was not as it seems. Last week, they were accused by former team members, people who used to work at BrewDog, via the Punks With Purpose group website and social media accounts who are a grouping of these former employees. They're accused of a litany of big leadership and HR no-nos. It's all the classic toxic company stuff. There were accusations of overwork, putting business growth before staff well-being, mental illnesses suffered as a result of working conditions, health and safety standards apparently being bypassed, generic toxic culture accusations, burnout, fear, as well as allegations that HR doesn't really think about people. The list continues. There were also things levelled at the company, such as the perks and benefits which 
Brewdog made a lot of noise about them being covered by ourselves, our competitors and the wider business media, such as their paternity leave, which is time off to bring in a new dog or a rescue dog. These quirky perks and benefits, apparently those two were just part of this big PR gambit where they were more superficial than actual. And it was actually quite difficult to get hold of these perks and benefits. In fact, a lot of the accusations come to or centre around this disconnect between how Brewdog were positioning themselves and the actuality of working there. A section of the open letter from Punks and Purpose, those former employees on the internet read, in a post-truth world, you have allowed the ends to justify the means time and time again. Lies, hypocrisy and deceit can be useful tools. PR campaigns repeated over and over on LinkedIn until you actually believe them yourself. It's good for driving awareness. And if anyone questions the validity of your claims, you simply move on to the next campaign. It's pretty damning stuff. But what does it mean in HR terms? Well, when we were reporting on this last week, for me, it said one thing, and this has come up time and time again for a variety of companies over the last year, and that is the word receipts. So I think the reason this caused such a big kickoff and the reason we were covering it, national media were covering this story, is that BrewDog was so keen to paint themselves as some near utopian business and employer. They cared for the planet. They cared for people, or apparently so. My takeaway from this is that you can't just say this anymore. People outside the companies can check on social media, as what happened with the BrewDog kickoff is that ex-employees posted stuff to social media and set up a website, which undercuts your PR gambits or the way you're painting your company if there's no actual action taking place behind that painting. I can't believe I have to say this in 2021, but Glassdoor, Twitter, Facebook all exist. And if you don't have the objective truth of, of doing these good things to back it up, you will be found out. This happened last year in a really, really different way, right? So Microsoft, Amazon, Adidas and Nike all came under fire last year for a variety of different reasons, uh, some of that to do with blacking out social media feeds in support of Black Lives Matter, for being accused of having not done enough for racial equality or equality in general around this and just trying to capitalise on the good PR that support for better racial equality could bring in many similar ways that perhaps some of the accusations at BrewDog were levelled, which was, you're saying all this good stuff about how you treat yourself, but in reality, there seems to be a disconnect with what some of your former employees feel. So what does this mean for HR, though? So I was thinking that in a world where recruitment messaging and comms increasingly falls on HR's doorstep, HR has to be brave here. And if some of the things that are happening at its company don't match up with the messaging it puts outside, it's actually business savvy, although it might be quite a difficult conversation to turn to the leadership and be that internal whistleblower on actions and cultures and stand up to the leader and say, either we don't put out this messaging saying we're better than the best you can be in terms of employment and our business ethics because we're not, or you say, actually, we've got to have some actions that back this up because we could really fall on our face here, couldn't we? Kieran, am I am I on the wrong tack here? But that, that was one of my initial kind of thoughts on, on the BrewDog case. 
Yeah, I mean, I, no, I completely agree with you, actually. And I think that, that there's a term that we talk about a lot in HR, isn't there, that is uh, lip service. You know, HR is about creating an ideal situation for workers. That's the, you know, the peak HR purpose. However, you can paint up your business however you like to make it look whiter than white and fantastic. But if if that has no internal follow through or if people are left behind in the process there, then actually you're not achieving the, the very basis of HR's role. And it seems that, I mean, I would go as far to say that, you know, the policies that they put out there are fantastic. I think we'd all agree that on paper, it sounds like a brilliant place to work. We know that, you know, corporate purpose and ethics means so much to workers these days. It makes such a difference to where people choose to work. And so BrewDog Carbon Neutral Pledge is is fantastic. It's a brilliant thing that workers can really believe in. However, is that at the expense of people? I thought I kind of I went back over the article that that I wrote um, when we covered this news originally, and I had a chuckle at one of the lines I gave, which I think is a little bit scathing, which is, "What in fact if staff well-being is simply collateral in a ceaseless vision for innovation?" And actually, that does seem to be the perspective of these individuals, punks with purpose, who wrote the letter. Uh, One of the things they said is being treated like a human being was sadly not always a given for those working at BrewDog. I mean, goodness gracious, what a that's just scathing, isn't it, really? Yeah. And I actually think that's really, really interesting, especially your use of the word collateral there, because actually I think part of HR's agenda could end up being the collateral to this growth at all costs culture. Now, for, for legal reasons, we can say at the moment is just accusations. It is reported, even though James Watt potentially as part of his response to this has decided not to outright deny some of these claims. But I was thinking from a HR perspective, this stuff could actually damage the agenda items which you look after. The link I make here is that I, w- I was reading the New York Times earlier and they found that, and it is widely reported that Amazon have one of the most burnout-centric, arduous, potentially even toxic working conditions in their warehouses, at least in, in the world. And there was a, a bit of reporting which said, actually, in some places, their turnover annually is is 3%. And it was a worry of the executive that eventually they would run out of workers to hire because they would be rattling through and burning out and creating fear, whatever it is amongst workers at such a high rate that eventually they wouldn't have enough staff to hire. Now, I wonder if we drew a line here or drew a comparison with BrewDog. I wonder if there's people that are sitting in HR looking at their own attrition rates, if these you know, allegations are true and thinking, actually, we might run out of people in the craft beer industry here. Well, we might re- rely on talented beer industry workers because we're just churning through people at such a, such a high rate. It's a, it's a fantastic point, Dan. I completely agree. And you could see in the responses that James, James Watt really is the face, isn't he? He's the, he's the person that we automatically associate with uh, Brewdog kind of incarnate. And you could see in his responses, and I think we'll go on in a little bit to the uh, kind of internal communications, which inevitably were leaked a little bit later on. And uh, But it's obvious in those as well that, that this is a massive concern for Brewdog. They obviously pride themselves on having extremely high performing people. I would 
was on um, Glassdoor having a look before we recorded the podcast, and one of the one of the things that's resounding in every single uh, review of the company is people say, "Oh, it's hard work. You're expected to work very hard. You're expected to perform." Now that's no problem. You know, everyone uh, who's kind of a high performer works hard. That's great, but they're expecting to be able to get that talent in, and this could really, really damage their ability to do that in a time when businesses are struggling to get talent. Yeah, 100%. I also, and this is a segue to another point that I want to mention, because there was a lot of mention of burnout or at least burnout adjacent kind of practices in the punks with purpose brew dog allegations you know talking about growth being put ahead of people pushing too hard people having working beyond capacity so i thought actually these allegations are difficult to prove unless somebody comes out such as james Watt, as you said the the founder and the uh, definitely pr happy leader of brew dog unless he comes out and says yep you know what hold my hands up, we do have a burnout style culture here. So I started to have a little bit of a deep dive on on the messaging on their corporate site. And there were so many mentions of growing at speed. We eat chaos for breakfast. We constantly evolve. Every second counts. These are actual verbatim quotes off the website. Everyone wow. performs at an exceptional level. We have a high performance culture. We are relentless. All of those words to me. So high performance, I think, is sometimes misused in, in job adverts and in business descriptions. It doesn't necessarily mean high performance all the time, although I'm not saying that's necessarily the case in, in the BrewDog instance. Sometimes I think that just means we work you potentially too hard because mm-hmm. that's how we understand high performance, which is an outdated way about thinking about performance in general. We also know now if we kind of use those as a semantic field of, of burnout or those words and phrases that I've just used, that burnout is dangerous and it might work in the short term in terms of like pushing people to get stuff over the line. If there's a project, if you're a small company in high growth. But now BrewDog is so, so big, you know, valuation circa around the two billion mark. In the long term, it has counterintuitive effects. Even if you get that growth, potentially you end up with a punks with purpose BrewDog staff for Rory around your company where your brand is potentially irreversibly damaged because people are, are so annoyed and so burnt out and their well-being is at rock bottom because of burnout. And we know that has massive impacts on the HR agenda, attrition rates, engagement rates, innovation rates. There's so much business research around this. I just find it shocking that we're still having to talk about this in 2021. Right. So here's, I have a, I have something that I considered before the podcast that I really wanted to say. And this is the perfect place, I think, to mention it. Right. And that is, I think that in this case, one of their biggest faults may be that I don't think that James Watt and co really understand what it's actually like to be an employee working for their company, right? So the letter cites a culture of fear, a cult of personality from leaders. And I think that while they're shouting about how fantastic they are and how they're moving at speed and all of these, what did you say? It's it's chaos for breakfast and all this kind of thing. Chaos for breakfast, mate. It's what I eat every day. (laughs) Chaos for breakfast. Yeah, uh, I think that they don't actually do the key thing that leaders need to do. And this is exactly true with HR as well, which is listen, you know, listen to what their employees are telling them. Go back and keep up that constant communication with people. And I think that a really good example of this was the alleged internal letter. So externally, James Watt comes out straight away and he says, right, I'm not I'm not denying these claims. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to listen. I'm going to make sure that we're better. 
Internally, however, this letter went round uh, that immediately asked everyone to co-sign that actually they felt that that quite a bit of what was written in the original letter wasn't true. And the reactions that we got on Twitter straight away afterwards was people saying, if there is this culture of fear, then you're not going to get a great result if you're asking them within the space of 40 minutes or something to sign a letter refuting the claims of people who have felt that way. I think that's a really important point that they're not getting. It's, it's mind-blowing because this, this damages business in the long term. Right? I mean, I'm going to take it outside of the, the Brewdog example here or alleged example and, and just any company that has a an employee or a group of employees or ex-employees come to you and say the culture was damaging my mental well-being was hit i felt fearful at work i felt like i didn't have a voice xyz whatever it is and then you send around an email asking or, or a communication or gather a town hall being like could everyone put their hand up or could everyone reply to this email saying i like the culture here and then signing off that as what an engagement survey or a culture survey that you then put out actually the majority do think it's a great place to work that's that's fear inducing and, and dictatorial and authoritarian in a way that doesn't scream we are a company that gets how hr works and gets right. how hr's agenda benefits the business that it blow, it blow i've said mind blown a few times on this podcast Kieran, but it does blow my mind it doesn't blow my mind that it happens but it blows my mind that people who um, think about the business world and want to make profit and want to be successful at business don't get this Right, I'm going to put you on the line then, Dan, right? You are a HR guru. What do you think the the best thing they could have done internally was instead of sending out this letter and saying, please sign now? I think some kind of transparency, conciliatory leadership town hall or email or Zoom and maybe do it anonymous so staff don't feel you know scared if there is a previous culture of fear and properly lean into we failed admit that as 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 a leadership team as directors of whatever functions and then ask genuinely ask for what people would like to happen to make that culture better i think that is base isn't it we hear all the time from people who are really really hot on this stuff that good leadership good company culture comes from people feel that they have a voice and that voice might be listened to and then actioned against I'm not a business leader, but Kieran, you write about this stuff as well. We all do here. That's what we hear the people who are apparently best at this saying. So I'm just going to repeat that message. It's, a, it's, about, it's about listening and then actioning so those words don't feel like they're falling flat. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I've got to completely agree. I, it is important to say, I think, that so this internal or this alleged internal uh, letter that went round and they asked people to co-sign it. That never saw the light of day. That was and still is now internal. So what that says to me is that something sunk in, that, you know, that, that leaked. People were outraged by it. And then someone inside went, OK, well, let, we need to cut this right now. And what I'm really, really hoping is that that was from a people-focused perspective, not from a PR-focused perspective. But only time will tell, I guess. Yeah, 100%. I guess to kind of bring it all together is that if you do have that people-focused perspective, which you, which you just talked about, Kieran, 
potentially that allows you to have a more organic positive PR output because maybe your staff are actually sharing online about what a great experience they're having or within their circles and I'm sure they know the people who don't work at X firm in whatever industry it is they're sharing them hey like actually it's a pretty great place to work and you know my boss doesn't give me too much work I feel like I have a voice and that stuff is priceless in this um current employment landscape which we all know there's, there's certainly noise at the moment that the the power is about to shift again and that some firms in some industries are really struggling to hire at the moment because increasingly top talent has that power yeah magically we have conveniently circled beautifully background <laughs> to your first point which is there is nowhere to hide and so, yes yes we yes. are in the modern age is getting it right isn't it not about shouting about the the yeah the lip service thing that we were talking about earlier 100 percent, and that would be a perfect place to finish with nick here and so thank you very much for joining me today as we guess we pick apart the nitty-gritty of the brew dog furore the allegations but mainly using that as a springboard to talk about what hr should be focusing on and hopefully that's given you a little bit of food for thought too unfortunately that is all we've got time for HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market-leading research papers. So if you want more along the BrewDog analysis lines or anything else on the HR agenda, please sign up to our daily content newsletters, which showcase solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues. So please visit hrgrapevine.com.